everyone, this is Q, and this is the second podcast episode of The Laugh House Live. This episode will make just as much sense as it did that the Eagles couldn't play today due to field issues. <sighs> Don't even get me started. Well, anyway, first of all, I would like to thank everyone who made it out to the first show at The Laugh House last week. It was phenomenal. Um, I have a couple of interviews with two comedians to insert into this podcast. And I just wanted to let you know that the next show for The Laugh House will be Friday, August 26th and Saturday, August 27th. For more information, visit www.thelaughhouse.com or www.laughhousecomedyclub.com. You can also call 443 443- 485-0271 and tickets are $25. Now if you just so happen to make it out to the first show, hopefully you did provide your information, uh, your name, your email address, and your phone number because we have some special deals going on for you guys and you guys alone. Uh, if you didn't make it out to the first shot, sorry you missed out on the, on the boat, but uh, maybe we'll give you another opportunity to join in on the rewards program. Well, anyway, uh, the next show will be host sponsored by, I'm sorry, Boom 1079, and they pump throwback hip hop. And, uh, oh, and as always, this podcast is brought to you by the Laugh House Comedy Club. Uh, the next show will have TK Kirkland and John Moses. You've seen them on Def Comedy Jam, Comic View, Showtime, and a few other shows. Um, so I'm going to get right to the interviews because they are pretty hilarious and uh, I'll see you next episode. This podcast will feature interviews with Stan Neal, Tommy Turner, and at the end you'll hear a set by Charles Walden. Enjoy. I'm back here in the Red Room with one of our performers tonight. Going to let him introduce himself. Stan Tanel. Hi Stan. How long have you been a comedian? I've been a comedian for 14 years. 14 years? That's that's a long time in this game, isn't it? A very long time, yes. What made you decide to be in the first show for the Laugh House's new location? Um, Matter of fact, I felt... Tommy called me today. Tommy Too Smooth is a very good friend of mine. And he said he had a spot for me, and I jumped on it. Um, Tommy is a very good good guy, he's a very good brother. The Laugh House has, you know, that, that name, that rec- name recognition, so anything they want to do, I'm down with it. And uh, in your eyes, what does that recognition, recognition mean? When you hear the Laugh House, what do you think of? Uh, what's your history with them? Okay, well, the first time I ever went on stage was at the Laugh House. And it, I got a really good welcoming, and it was, uh, magic from there and I moved to DC and you know people know about the Laugh House you know that the reputation of, of this place that name is just on the East Coast everybody knows it you know I went to uh, Afghanistan with the USO and people there knew the Laugh House so it's 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 out there have you gone on yet yes I did and, uh, how, was the crowd? how was the energy it was okay. This is my first time on stage in over a year. I had a stroke and I had my voice had been I was basically mute for a year. So this is the first time of me being on stage and uh, it was very good. It was very good. 
Well, man, okay, I didn't know that. Um, well, welcome back in more than one, more than one way. Um, and uh, tell us about your recovery. How's that going? It's going well. You know, fortunately, I didn't have anything debilitating or paralysis other than my left hand. But um, it, it's going okay. The, the speech is coming coming back. So I started. I decided to get back on stage and see where I was and how it was going. So it was okay. Got got some laughs. So I'm happy. So it sounds like you've you've been in the game a long time. You've overcome a huge obstacle. What would you tell someone that's starting out in the business now, or someone who's thinking about getting into the business? And what would you tell them about trying to come on stage here? First thing I was I would tell them to walk at your own pace and you're and because it's you, you meet a lot of people who you, you see them doing things and you try to do things way too soon and it hurts you in the long run long run long run to to do those things and it's uh what i would tell someone about getting on stage here uh, it's a beautiful place. It's absolutely beautiful in this place, and it's a great crowd, very warming, uh, very lot of a lot of fun. It would be. It's a great, great place. If someone wanted to get in contact with you, do you have a website, email address, phone number? How would someone reach out to you to book a show? They can get me at s d t u n n e l l at yahoo.com or. LMAOcomedyclub.com. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me about the Laugh House and, and being part of the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, everybody, it's your girl Q. I'm sitting back here with my little brother, Tommy Turner. How are right. you, dear? I'm chilling. Chilling. Got off stage. Had a good, nice little set. All right, so we're back here in the red room. Um, Tommy just got off stage. He's busting a fat grub. He's I am. Eating. I'm eating That's what I got paid. I'm eating rice and chicken. I'm still at that level. Smells so good. I haven't had it yet. It's really good. It's. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's a paycheck. <laughs> Listen, it's more than I've gotten paid so far. All right. <laughs> so, um, me and you go back. Uh, I years. think I, I think I saw your first performance. You did years. Yeah. At least nine, ten years. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how's things change? Well, first of all, your first performance was at the Laugh House, correct? Right. right. Um, so that's and, part of and as of right now, so was my last. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> well, yes, full circle. Right. Um, so how has life changed in in the nine years that? Well, you're clearly I'm not trying to go your personal life, but your professional life. How's that changed? Um, you learn stuff. You go through shit in the game. You realize that that, that uh, success don't happen overnight, and you really don't want it to happen overnight because you need to be ready for it. You know, it's it's things that I've gone through in this past couple of years that had I got on immediately like I thought and wanted to do, I wouldn't have been able to been able to handle on a large scale. You know, when you on and the world is watching, it's a lot different. When it's just Philly, shit can be forgotten. You know what I mean? And I've gone through enough to where I realize that when I do reach that level that I want, I'll um I'll understand how to handle it. You know what I mean? I always pray when I do pray um, for God to put me on, but not until He feels I'm ready. Don't worry about what I want. When you know that I'm ready to do it, then you give me what what I what I've been wanting. 
you have probably given the most inspirational speech <laughs> that someone's <laughs> heard today. So let me just throw that out there on, on the record. Yeah, that's just all rice and chicken. <laughs> that's just all rice and chicken. All right. So how did it feel to be back on the stage at the new location? And what do you think of the new location? I like it. I hope it, I hope it stays on. You know? Listen, um, this is beautiful. I love my little area. This is a wonderful spot. We got to get pictures of everything. Oh yeah, I, I started already. I put it on Instagram. Right, I'm, I'm pretty horrible. Tag I, me or whatever. <laughs> Tag me or whatever. Because I'm, I'm down. I'm about to get a picture right now, matter of fact. Why does your Instagram look so different? Why, what is that little black thing? What I is that? I don't have an Instagram. What do you have? Just a regular... Regular... Uh, <laughs> oh, let me put that flash from me. I did the flash. Oh, that's the one. That pause was us taking a cheesy picture together. Mm -hmm. uh, he'll send it to me and I'll put it up on a website or something. Uh, I still keep it going. Yeah. So, um, so you've, you've come back to the new location. It's beautiful. It's mm. absolutely gorgeous. I love it. I absolutely do. Yeah. Um, free parking. Um, but what do you miss about the old location? It's where I was born. It's like, it's just where, excuse me, sneeze. It's, um, it's like Lincoln Hall Hospital. I was born there. If they was to move it, it would feel weird because that's where I was, was was birthed. It's just where I was used to, comedy-wise. I was born in the Laugh House, you know? It's like sea turtles. Like, they born in somewhere and then they go away, and then 10 years later, they come exactly right back to the beach where they were born. Somehow, some way, they figure it out. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, your birth spot is important. It's, it's like embedded in it, you know? This place is better, no doubt. Um, but it I, just never can't get over, I just can't get over how beautiful it is. Right. And then the artwork. Like, right. I'm just, it's, it's amazing artwork. I mean, that, that's nice right there. Yes. Yeah. And then look at that. You know, yeah. It's, it's uh, like, right. I could just spend a day in here. Just, and just chill. Just being here. Oh. Oh, okay. So, oh, well, he reminded me of the question I was going to ask. What do you do to get ready for a show other than meditate like someone um, <laughs> Doing yoga. Actually, the same thing. Um, I just put a video about that today on my Facebook. Probably my last post I posted. I meditate, I chill, I relax. You apparently have an allergy attack? I keep it easy. <laughs> um, I try not to let st my stress or other people's stress invade my day. Like, because it will. Show day. Show day is always a rough day. Um, it's always something that somebody needs, a friend needs a favor, it's always, it's just, you gotta avoid it. You gotta avoid it, it'll be in your head, it'll be in your show. What the hell, I'm sneezing like This amazing. is the funniest thing, you guys have got this, he's, he's having like an allergy it's attack. The, it's, the, it's, the, it's the AC, when I get under the AC, my, my allergies act up. Oh. Yeah, no doubt, I can feel it, I feel it right here, I know. But yeah, so far so good, it's everything. Nothing vodka can't clear. <laughs> oh, vodka. Oh, there you go. So, you know, we're going to get out here. My boy Cole, he ain't going to hit the stage. <laughs> You're going to see this. Excuse me. He ain't going to hit the stage. <laughs> and um, hopefully, man, this, this can continue, man. I like this venue. It's a nice spot. It's, it's definitely better than the last spot. Just further. 
Pretty it's free it. parking. It's beautiful. I did mention it's beautiful, right? Right. Um, and it's 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 very much relaxed. Like you, it, it, you could, chill. Yes, you could do a lot more here. You could do a it's lot really more here. The acoustics are great. You can still hear the show in our background. Right. Right. <laughs> so I mean, I really like this. Shout this out is, to Tommy Juice Smooth, Coco Brown. Sorry. That. Uh, sorry she couldn't make it. Coco Brown, shout out to her. Um, Lamar Todd, Lonnie Webb, they came through. Malcolm Hill, Tommy Too Smooth, everybody, man. And definitely shout out to Q and Mr. Rod getting in with this whole thing. Sneeze. <laughs> we love y'all. Oh, My Tommy. boy is on. I got to get back out to the show. All right, well, we're going to cut this off. And uh, Tommy, you know, you're always welcome to do an interview with me for the podcast. And I always am down to. A, a episode or two. I'm always down. All right. Anytime. I want to charge. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for cutting that off. <laughs> no, cause you know sometimes DJ be like having the music play like I'm supposed to be dancing up here. <laughs> Shoot. You know, you know, the hell with that, cause you know my ass ain't gonna be trying to dance, and you know I try to dance, trip and fall. You know, y'all look like the type of people that would laugh first. Then like a half hour later, you be like, you all right? You be like, I'm just saying though, it's just funny how you was trying to dance and, and you got caught up in this wire after they just fixed the mic and, and you tripped and fell onto that table right there and that candle fell on you and, and lit you on fire. You made all the people run. Sorry it took us so long to see if you was all right. You know, we just ain't never seen nobody burn like that before. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, um, g- g- give them some spanking, um, Jonathan, round applause. Let-, let them feel some love. Oh, man. And, and I'm glad to be here at this club, you know, <laughs> on South Street. I'm sorry to say it like that. You know, I'm surprised that I made it here. I had to fly back into town. And I think I had a pilot who didn't feel like working, or, or he was just mad. <laughs> no, because he goes to land, land, when he landed the plane, the only thing he gonna say is, you here. <laughs> hey, hey, no, I'm like a half asleep on the plane. So um, I wake up, I said, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh. ho. I said, well, where's here? He said, well, where you wanted to go? <laughs> I, I said, uh, Philadelphia. He was like, well, hopefully this is it. And I ain't mess up. And it was scary because it was like I was the only one getting off the plane. <laughs> I got up, everybody else was just sitting down. I said, well, what about these people? He's gonna be like, don't worry about them. You better worry about yourself. Uh, man, man, I'm sitting there just sitting there saying, like, you know, what the hell kind of airline is this, man? I'm walking, you know, walking to the door. I, I take a look out first. I say, cause ain't nobody jumping me. <laughs> no, and, and you know what? And to be honest, and to be honest, I really don't even like to fly that much anymore. I like taking the train, you know, like riding Amtrak. 
like a couple weeks ago, I was taking the train because I was going somewhere. I, I, I was, but, but the train was like an hour late. And this is what I want to ask y'all. Has anybody in here ever been somewhere where the bathroom was so filthy that you had to apologize to your shoes for walking over? <laughs> nasty bathroom. I took it, open up the door. I took it, open up the door. It was a guy in the sink washing his hair. I, I looked at him. I looked at him. I, I said, I said, sis, 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 yo, man. I said, you know, you can't be doing that in here. He gonna stop and pop his head out the sink and splash water on me. I was like, yo, trifling ass, man. Then I happened to glance at the floor. I looked at the floor and said, oh my God. I was like, when the last time you was mopped? Looked like the floor said about a month ago. That's why I looked at my shoes. I said, look man, you know, the train ran late and I got to go. My shoes like, man, don't be playing me like that. You can wait till the train come. So I mess around, listen to my shoes. You know, I'm walking around the train station and I mess around and I get robbed. Get robbed by some crazy dude wearing a tuxedo jacket. <laughs> Had a bow tie on with no shirt, a pair of shorts, and a flip-flop. <laughs> he, he gonna come up to me talking about, give me your wallet. I look at the security guard, I'm like, you know, you can intervene. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you can intervene at any time here. Security guard like, look, you better give it to him. Some shit. I'm like, what y'all on the same team? I'm in my pocket. I pull my wallet out. Dude, looking at me like, what you doing? I said, I'm taking my taking out my money because you say you wanted my wallet. I said, I, I, said, I was just giving you what you asked for. He gonna tell me, oh, you better have it because if you didn't, I was gonna whoop your ass. I said, well, I'm glad you told me. You was gonna whoop my ass. That way I know it might be coming. And I can brace myself. I said, long as you don't whoop my ass by surprise, we alright. No, because one of the things that hurt a lot in life is a surprise ass whooping. You know. That's right, I don't know. It, it do, man. I, you know, you're walking down the street and just have somebody just jump out and start beating on you. That hurt. <laughs> you know, after the, fir after the first punch, you're like, all right, man, look. It's over. It, you won, man. <laughs> um, I never forget the time I saw somebody get robbed worse than me. It was about 15 years ago. 15 years ago, I was riding the subway, and this guy was asleep with a Walkman on. Now, don't ask me why he was asleep with a Walkman on, but I know he's not going to do it no more. <laughs> no, because, no, because he was sitting there sleeping hard. Then the big guy going to come on the train and take and hit this boy side of here like, bam! He's like, boy, you better give it up. Now, I'm sitting at the other end of the train, and I see this, and I'm like, Lord. <laughs> I said, I said, Lord. Not tonight. <laughs> I said, please. 
I said, please let him be the only victim. I said, because I'm tired, and I don't got the energy to deal with this. So now the guy who was robbing the guy, you know, I don't know why he's going to tell him to, you know, get up and go to the other end of the train. And I see this guy come get up, you know, the guy who's getting robbed, he got up, started walking back towards me. And I said, I said, Lord, please let him walk on to the next car. But he goes, stop. Because I was sitting in a two-seater, and the seat next to me was open. He gonna stop and sit down next to me. And, and I didn't want to stare at him, because you know, I don't know if you ever saw somebody just get beat up. You don't, you know, you, you don't, you don't want to stare at him, because you be saying to yourself, man, damn, you could have, you know, put up an arm or so, so I'm looking out the window. Now the guy who robbed him, now the guy who robbed him, he's like, don't you look at me. Because if you look at me, I'm going to shoot you. Now, you know, once I heard something about some shooting, you know, I, that's why I turned around and I was going to get ready, I was going to move, but he was, he was blocking away. And, and you know, you see me, I can't climb over nobody. So I said, well, since it looked like this was his first time going through this, I was going to try to help him. You know, so I, I, so I, said, I, I, said, I said, yo, man, listen. I said, yo, man, listen! I said, see, you're going to make me draw attention. I said, first of all, you're going to have to put your head back because that boy hit you hard. Your nose bleeding. I said, I said, now, second of all, while you're putting your head back, whatever you do, don't you look at that fool. Because if you look at him and he pull out a gun and make a mistake and shoot me in my head, that's going to mess up my whole thinking process. Now, it will, though. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but if you get shot in the head and you survive, chances are you're not going to be the same. Somebody's going to ask you a question, you're going to answer them two days later. Oh, oh I forgot to say this in the beginning. Let me say this now because I, I feel a couple of people staring at me. Um, I just want to say I'm not drunk. You know, you know, I don't drink because I'm afraid if I start drinking, I might start walking straight. And I know if I start walking straight, I'll, I'll lose my benefits. So, you know, I'm just, so I, so I'm just trying to keep whatever little money I got coming in. You know, matter of fact, when I meet women, I tell women, I say, look, you know, there's a lot of people getting laid off nowadays. A lot of people didn't lost their jobs. You need to hook up with somebody like me. Because I'm guaranteed some kind of money. Either on the first or the third. <laughs> All right, that's right, hey, man. Just got to be here, man. Jonathan was just talking about the Michael Jackson trial, man. I know everybody's glad that's over with, but that, that drew so much attention, man. Like, a friend of mine was like, I see Michael's whole family come out and support him. I said, that's right. Every time Michael and Janet get in trouble, the whole family there. You know, because they bringing in the money. Now, it was Marlon. <laughs> you know, Jackie might come or something. But Joe ain't getting his old ass. <laughs> Joe Black, you know, Marlon, your ass only make about 7,500 grand a year. That's it. 
So you, yeah, a little bit of money ain't gonna do nothing for me. <laughs> you know, Jan and Mike, my two babies. <laughs> Take care of their daddy. I'm 78 years old. Trying <laughs> to give up my lifestyle. <laughs> oh, but you know, that's cool though, man. I'm, but I'm glad to be here this weekend. Cause I, I needed to make some money so I could get my cable back on. <laughs> no, I did, man. Cause I just got tired. Like I'm getting tired, like making up excuses for why I don't have the TV on in the house. <laughs> You know, my friends be coming over, they be like, Charles, man, it's a movie coming on. I be like, look, I'm listening to Rio. <laughs> they be like, Charles, but the game getting ready to come on? I be like, look, the game gonna come on the radio. <laughs> I be like, keep that TV off. It's too hot for TV. <laughs> TV draw a lot of heat, man. <laughs> I remember one time, cable, cable company was messing with me, gonna give me, give me like two cable channels, gonna give me CNN and a Discovery Channel. <laughs> so, you know, I sat there and watched Discovery Channel. I said I might learn something. They had a program come on called Wild Discovery, and they were talking about the wildebeest. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the wildebeest or not, but it's an animal that lives over in Africa. You know, it's about this big, you know, got horns on the top of his head. I thought it could do something. The program, come on, this thing being chased by every animal in Africa. <laughs> I'm yelling at the TV, I'm saying, fight back! <laughs> Stop being scared! I said, you got a horn, man, poke somebody! <laughs> but what was fascinating about the wildebeest was the female. See, because when the female give birth, her child has to learn how to run within about 15 minutes. <laughs> No, he does, you know, because it's stuff on his ass, it, it gotta go. You know, I ain't got no time to be laying there doing no baby stuff like rolling around in dirt and, and gnawing on shit. <laughs> it, it, got, it got to get his coordination and balance and haul ass. <laughs> and and, and, and mom, mama gotta go too. Mama can't be laying into my look. I just had a baby. You know, I got to rest a little while. She, she got to drop it in the hall ass. And, I, and I, I saw one will to me. She gave birth, and she was trying to call her child, but it looked like she just got to the point where she said, to hell with it. I'm young. I can have some more. And she just left her child behind. And all these hyenas just jumped out and started jumping on this baby wildebeest and started biting on him and, and taking chunks out of his skin. He, he, baby wildebeest was crying. I, I was crying. I was in there, I, I was in there saying, stop, stop. That, that, that baby don't even know how to defend so he, he only been on earth 10, 10 minutes. How you going? Anybody learn how to defend yourself in those 10 minutes? I mean, I mean those hyenas have ripped rip, rip little baby ears off, man. I, I told that baby wildebeest, I said, look, I know you can't hear me. But I promise you this. If I see your mama in the street, I will put my foot in her ass. That's wrong. You, you don't leave your child behind like that, man. So, so they went to a commercial. So I said, all right, well, cool. At least I can 
get myself together. <laughs> you know, uh, wipes, you know, some tears away, blow my nose. They come back from a commercial, I see about 60 wildebeest lined up along the river. So I'm saying, all right, cool, at least they can relax a little bit, chill out, you know, get yourself together. Just as I said that, the, na the, the, uh, the narrator, he was like, it's not over yet for the wildebeest. <laughs> I said, what you mean? Narrator said, well, if you wait a goddamn minute, I'll tell you. <laughs> narrator said, I got a whole half hour to fill. I said, all right, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> he said, now, if you look over to your left, you, you see some crocodiles coming. Yeah. And I said, oh, damn. Because <laughs> these wildebeest don't even look out for one another. Because about five of them saw the crocodiles coming. <laughs> They're just going to back up and leave. <laughs> and, and don't tell nobody. <laughs> it looked like two of them got together and pushed another one in the water. <laughs> Looking at them like, Looking at him like, I told you we were going to get your ass. <laughs> it just be some fascinating stuff on there, man. Like, they were talking about the mighty blue whale. You, you know, when a male whale ejaculates, he lets out about two tons of semen. I said, God damn. I said, I know he fertilizes something, because that's a lot. And, and guys, and guys, let's be honest, let's be honest. You know, when we ejaculate, you know, we ready to go to sleep. <laughs> Can you imagine if we knew we was about to lay out that much? We got to tell our woman, like, look, baby, hold on. L let me call the job first. I'm going to let them know I've been out, you know, I'm going to be out for a couple weeks. Because there's a lot, baby. This, this lot. And you know what? And let's just let our imagination go wild. Let's say the male whale, he, he ejaculates in the ocean. And he mess around and get a shark pregnant. Now, now a shark is swimming around talking about, I can't have this, baby. This, this whale, baby, this is going to kill me. <laughs> now, a shark is saying, now, I got to find a marine biologist so I can have an abortion. So a shark is swimming in the water, and he sees some people in the water, and swim up on them, and they run, talking about, oh, my God, it's Jaws. And the shark is like, no, it's not Jaws. It's me. I'm just trying to find somebody to help me have abortion so I don't have uh, Moby Dick's baby. <laughs> I know y'all sitting there saying I got too much time on my hands, but, but I, I do this for y'all. You know, I just be thinking about this stuff like, like, like the bees. You know, a bee's life ain't that long. You know, what, like from like end of April to like mid-October, something like that. And I believe once they sting somebody, you know, they go on, man, they did. And I was saying to myself, if I was in a big gang, and, and the leader was like, yo, man, you got to go over there and sting that person. I'd be like, man, you crazy, man. It's, it's June, man. I ain't trying to sting. <laughs> I ain't trying to die this early, man. <laughs> so, but, but you know what? Sometimes you do got to feel sorry for the bee and the fly, because like during the wintertime, like sometimes during the winter when we get them, them warm couple days, when the temperature like 60, 70, and they're like, oh, damn, it's it warm. And they come out, they all of a sudden go back to 30, and their ass is dead. <laughs> I, I know. Y'all don't think about them like I do. But, <laughs> but that's how I, that's how I be, That's what I care about. Well, that, well that's the animal portion of the show. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
Y'all gonna laugh again. I just got to think of something. And let me tell you something. If I'm saying something that y'all don't understand, hey, don't worry about it, because chances are I'm not knowing what I'm talking about either. <laughs> but as soon as I figure it out, we all going to know. Like, but sometimes I be acting like I don't know what I'm talking about when I do. Like one time these drug dealers had moved across the street from me, and um, the cops were trying to ask me questions about them. The cops were like, what do you know about them people? I said, man, I don't know nothing about them people. I said, all I know is they work hard. I said, they up all night. I said, I guess they up all night because they got people coming in and out all the time. <laughs> but about a month later, you know, they get ready. Everybody look at me like, Charles, Charles what, you know? Just answer the question. Um, shoot, um, over the Christmas holiday, I, I, over the Christmas holiday, I watched uh, Wizard, of, Wizard of Oz again. You know, no, I, I, you know, I'm the only one here watching Wizard of Oz. I tell you one thing: if I was Dorothy, I would whoop the Wicked Witch from the East ass, cause she went through that whole movie, and Dorothy's sitting there crying cause she ain't thinking she's going home, and and and, and her horny ass monster's like, don't talk about, you know, don't worry about it, you know, you can stay with me. And and the Wicked Witch would either come back and tell her. Like, Dolly, you had the power to go home all the time. All you had to do was click your heels together. Dorothy, Dorothy should have been like, bitch. <laughs> you tell me this now, I died and walked down the long ass yellow brick road. <laughs> I got flying monkeys and all this stuff <laughs> with this rusty ass man and <laughs> lying scared to death, man. Yeah. But um, that, that movie could have been like that. After school special. It didn't have to be no um, you know, three hour movie. It could have been 30 minutes. <laughs> Spent 15, 15 minutes in Kansas, you know, 10 minutes in Oz. You know, in the last five, you know, Dorothy, mom telling her, get your lazy ass up. Don't be going to sleep. I don't care what you hit you in the head. You know? <laughs> oh, man. I'll never forget the time, man. Me and a friend of mine, we, you know, talking about who, who we felt was the best killer and, and killer in hard pictures of all time. You know, he picked, you know, Michael Myers. You know, I'm a big Jason Voorhees fan. I told him Michael Myers is cool because Michael Myers can come in here right now, sit down at that table, don't bother nobody. But as soon as his sister come in here, he better haul ass. <laughs> I don't know what she did to his ass, but um, every time he see her, boy, he get mad at him. <laughs> See, he be ready to kill shit. But Jason, man, that boy ain't care who he killed. I seen him kill some fine-ass women, boy. Throwing them out of three-story windows and... <laughs> shit, they ain't right. Yeah, he killed one dude while he was in the outhouse. I said, Jason, that's just nasty, man. You can't be... <laughs> sure, I remember I was gonna go... As a kid, I was gonna go talk to Jason about that, because I, I know Jason was out there killing all these people because he, he was mad because his mama got killed. But I was gonna tell Jason it was it was his fault, and the reason why his mama got killed, because you know if he told her he was coming back, she wouldn't been out there in the first movie, killing all them people, and ended up getting her head knocked off. You know, she, they're gonna be living happily ever after. But no, but like I said, I was until I seen Jason kill the dude in the wheelchair, and I said, damn, he do not discriminate. <laughs> 
truth, man. You know, my man was happy too, boy, because he was about to get some. And Jason just came with that machete and chopped him in the head like, bam! And that insult injury gonna push him down the steps. <laughs> in the rain, he going down the steps, blue, 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 blue. <laughs> and he got to the and he got to the end, and it was a rail in there, and he flipped over the rail and just, <laughs> just like in the cartoons. I said, God damn, I said he do not care. I said, so I ain't saying nothing to him. <laughs> it was because of Jason, it was because of Jason, I kept my ass in the house all summer one year. I did not go outside. It got to the point my mom said, look, either you go outside or I'm going to whoop your ass. I said, mama, I'd rather take your ass whooping than Jason's ass whooping. <laughs> Ain't no telling what he going to do to me. Shoot, man. You know, and it's like, like the movie Carrie. I, anybody here remember the movie Carrie? Yeah, man. I, 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 was, I was cool through that whole movie. Until the last scene when that hand came out of the ground. I was like eight years old when I saw that. I was crying like a little bitch. You know, people walking by laughing at me. Someone look at him. Look. You know, because of that movie, I ain't walk on grass for like two years. <laughs> we be going to we be, we be going to family gatherings in the park. You know, everybody like, Charles, you come in, I'm like, no, I'll be right here in the car. <laughs> I ain't not touching no grass. I said, somebody just bring me a plate. I remember one of my mom's girlfriends, she was like, you, you want to get him some counseling or something for that? My mom said, yeah, I'll grow it. She said, I ain't got no money for no damn counseling. I mean, that's how my mom looked at stuff, like, you know, we outgrow it, or she just tells us to cut it out. Like, like, like if my sister was up in the room, her hair spinning around, she throwing up everywhere. My mom be like, you better cut that shit out. <laughs> she be like, you gonna do that? You take that shit over your father's house. 